0: When you go on holiday, there is no finer achievement than doing absolutely nothing. Nothing on the beach, nothing by the pool. Walking kind of nowhere and chatting about nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight. So you can have a bit more money to go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing. Expedia. Made to travel. Launch, launch Left, Launch Left, Podcast, Podcast. Bring us and we launch Hi and welcome to Launch Left Podcast, a space for fame creatives to launch the next wave of music revels in intentional space to highlight and empower all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity. Today's guest, Madam Gandhi, please welcome her to the show. Hello. Hey, what's up? So nice to meet you, Kieran. Yeah, thank you. You too. I love your video. I love your music. I love what you stand for. Um, Yeah, it's just an absolute privilege to sit down with you here on Launch Left. And I'll start by just saying that uh, for me, it's nice to, and this is the first time we're meeting, but just reading from your blog and and absorbing some of what you do to meet someone that shares a similar belief of um, this synergy of art and activism and the importance of artists using, you know, their voice uh, to share what it is they really are trying to help change the world with and how that relates to nature and nurture and education and all of it. And so I'm just like,
1: yeah, I'm not alone. Totally. That's awesome. I'm happy that you received it. And thank you for reading the words on the blog. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I know you have a background, not just in music, but you're also um, spent some time in school as it were before school was online only, I assume. Um, And I just love that like you have married activism, music, and, uh, and, you know, higher learning into sort of a business model Mm. for uh, female empowerment. The feminine is, is, is so powerful and we don't often, um, because of the way we've all been taught that, that everything comes from a more masculine hierarchy. Uh, There aren't that many examples of women who have, have, aggregated all the things you have into one beautiful holistic and very feminine thank um, you you know action that's right i'm curious like just your journey if you if you have the time to share with us your journey
1: yeah of course um i grew up here in manhattan i'm home uh for the month and so it's nice to kind of be back with family and I went to an all-girls school and both in India and in in New York and was always just kind of seeing really prominent examples of female leadership um, and feeling really comfortable when I was around other women um, to express myself and to be my best self. Uh, but I also would, you know, love music and I would listen to to the different artists that were playing on top forty radio or to our hip hop radio and and feel really connected to it and want to learn all the lyrics, but then watch the music videos and feel so. Uh, upset as a young person as to how women and girls and femmes are represented on screen and and as a young person I didn't have the sort of vocabulary for that but I understood intuitively that something was off. And then the juxtap, the contrast of that was then seeing when the Spice Girls broke and I was eight years old and I, it was 1997 and I was in India. I felt so obsessed with them as a fan. You know, I would cut out every news article and paste it up. And my family would, you know, be 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 always spoiling me if it was my birthday with like Spice Girls, Barbie dolls and this and that. And I was such a fan. It was so fun to be a fan, but also to feel really moved by the content of the lyrics. And can you imagine that's such a like basic level of feminism? And yet, because it was so like big it meant so much to me as a young person and I think to this day that feeling is what inspires me that feeling of connecting with an artist who represents back to you something that you felt intuitively but didn't see represented anywhere so you didn't know if you were alone in that I think that feeling is so deeply powerful so yeah I I think it's been sort of this dance with music whether I was literally dancing or working at a record label or drumming for other people or learning the lyrics to my favorite songs and attending concerts, I never knew or had the intention of making my own art and making my own music. I I think I didn't even think that was accessible or available to me because I had been through so much schooling and because my parents were always pushing us more towards like academically inclined uh, careers. And it was only until the London Marathon story where I ran Bleeding Freely on my period, when that went viral, I got a lot of opportunities to start performing music, but I didn't have any of my own. And so really my intention with my songs and my lyrics and my project was fully born from an activist lens. Like It never was like, oh, eventually I want to do stuff from an activist perspective. It was like the activist viral act is the thing that gave me a platform to even... Be asked to perform my music, and so to this day, that's how I think about the project. That's how I. That's how I. Write lyrics. That's how I imagine people receiving the project. But I do believe that art has the potential to reimagine the worlds that I wish we lived in. And so, through each music video, it's this opportunity to really be creative and be imagin- imaginatory and 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 design these worlds that I really believe can exist and showing people what that looks and feels like. And so that feels, yeah, that feels important. That feels special.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and if you don't mind me asking how, this is one of my two questions. How did music find you? Like at your earliest age, how do you remember music first finding you?
1: I think the, the radio, because I would listen to songs on the radio and then, My dad, on his way home from work, I would always ask him, can you stop by Tower Records and buy the Tracy Chapman album? Can you stop by Tower Records or HMV and buy the Spice Girls record? Or even television shows. I used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that 70s show and Friends, and they always had a soundtrack. And so then I'd ask my dad, can you buy the soundtrack? We'd listen to Marvin Gaye. We'd listen to whatever was on the radio, Savage Garden, um, Natalie and Bruglia, like all these 90s artists. And I just loved it. Like I found that I could learn the lyrics really easily. I would like be the kid on the school bus who when the song came on, I like would perform the song for everybody else. You know, it just made me feel happy. Um, but I was also raised with, like a very deep commitment to activism, like a very deep awareness of like privilege and power and giving back and and constantly being in karmic balance with things around you. And so I think that's why there was never a side of me that was like, I want to use my music for anything, but empowering other folks and inspiring other folks. And
0: in terms of instrumentation, like when did you gravitate towards a specific instrument?
1: Once music had like infected you, <laughs> what, what, what were you like? Drums. Ever- yeah. Drum. I mean, I was taught piano from a young age and in fact, there's a piano just here and I was messing around on it, but I was never taught in a way that I think would have benefited me. Like I actually was so creative I was the kind of kid where actually you should just teach as many of the scales and the techniques as possible. But what would have really served me is if a teacher or mentor or instructor would have said, your homework assignment for next week is to write a song. Your homework assignment for next week is to write two songs. Your homework assignment is to write lyrics. You know, that would have benefited me. Instead, the way piano is taught is that we're just taught to replay the music of of other people. And obviously there's there's a time and place for that. But to this day, I that's my only sort of regret with how music is taught. And then when I learned the drums, it was that. I had this awesome drum teacher who I actually reconnected with recently, and he was just so encouraging, so supportive, would say that everything I do is brilliant, would prefer for me to just make up my own drum beats than learning how to play somebody else's. And so nurturing that creative contribution in a young person is so vital and, and not done enough. And And to bring it back to the music video, that's what the music video speaks to. It's like, we have this missed opportunity where every single generation, we just tell the kids to march in society and and continue the way things are instead of saying, oh my gosh, young people have this fresh potential to look at the world and reimagine systems differently. Let's like pull that out of them. You know, there's not nearly enough of that.
0: Uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, even just that spark of inspiration, what I like about your video and your messages you know, you're not um, you're not saying here's the system that uh, everyone now needs to adopt to be in a better world. You're saying we all have within us the seed of potentiality to create oh, right. and understand the world as we believe and know in our hearts it really is. Like, and you and you create a space so that people can explore that. And I think that's like super um, inspiring, but it's also really important for artists now to to sort of like create the beds for people to come alive in, right? Like even if it's like unintentional and subconscious that we're doing it, that we're flipping switches on without taking credit or having an ego mind march through the situation. Like I'm changing the world. That's the worst to me. Like as an activist or artist, too much of that sort of like, here's how you change the world, everyone. I can't. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, I love that you're bringing right. up. like creating open pockets of like hey what do you dream of like now make it real that's all you but here's my little pocket of wonder that you know maybe it'll flip a switch yay you know but it's totally and i I, I really appreciate that that is what i i can feel and see and hear that that's what you're doing and what better way to do it than with drums which to me is such a tribal like the earliest man connection we have. Powerful. I I assume that you have great parents. Is that a good assumption to make? That you often, you know, if if parents are questioning reality and sharing that with their children, it allows for a lot more space to to come to our own understanding of the world as we know it. Uh,
1: My parents are are really inspiring people. Both of them are really hardworking and I think they have really different roadmaps as to how to navigate the world. My father is very much uh, you know, he's he's born in May. He's a Taurus. He's like, get do the work, shut out the noise, drive towards the thing you want. Um, and he also really believed in us as kids. I have to give him that. He would always say, you know, why can't you do this? Or why can't you do that? Or why can't it be you? You know, and that really helped me because that is like you know, that masculine energy of like, I'm, I'm, in I can, I have access to whatever space I want access to. Right. And so that kind of thinking can be problematic in some situations, but it can be really, really empowering when the entire world is actually telling you otherwise, but your own parent is saying, no, you got this. I believe in you, you know, you can do it. And so that That mentality would help me in so many different aspects. It helped me run my first marathon. It helped me get into Harvard. It helped me get my first job at a record label, you know, when I had no business. Like, I had no experience working at a record label of that caliber, and yet I got one of the most pristine jobs that you can get as a young person when I had started out in L.A. So I would say my dad has really given me that gift, this gift of self-power. Even though it comes with plenty of self-doubt, I try my best to kind of go back to that childlike Belief in that we can do and and be who we want to be. And then my mom is just extremely spiritually inclined. She's an Aquarius. She's so generous. She always wants to bring people together. She loves to give advice and and spiritual guidance. She's taught me my own meditation practice. She is really good about offsetting my dad's kind of problematic tendency to give love when achievements have been made. Whereas my mom does the opposite and is like, I don't care about your achievements. I love you no matter. And like, we don't even need to talk about your achievements. Let's just check in. Like, how are you? You know, how's your heart type, type mentality? So having that, that the, the two of them uh, represent those conflicting energies has been really powerful for me because I, I definitely feel like I'm a byproduct of both of their ways of navigating life.
0: That's a that's that's a good thing considering um, how you describe them. They both seem like special people, and you have a lot of
1: siblings. I'm the oldest, and I have a younger sister who just turned 27, and then I have a younger brother who just turned 23. So we're all four years apart, and the two. It's really cool. The three of us are such. Uh, we're in, we're in really different fields. I'm in music. My sister is in environmental policy and agriculture in Vermont. And then my brother is actually just landed a job out in Hawaii where he's working for an Asian uh, real estate company, but but like in a really kind of startupy way and taking on different consulting projects. So I don't know, the three of us are like just really smart and we like to like take our intelligence like in different spaces. Like Kanika, my sister, she's like homebrewing cider and like wants to live fully off her own sustainable farm and like is in Vermont and like has a dog and walks the dog like multiple times a day in the mountains on hikes you know where there's no human beings and I, I just want to like be with people 24 7 like I'm just like I'm missing audiences and performance and conversation and, and love energy uh, and then yeah my little brother he's like a baby baller because I think he's trying to like he he could have kind of gotten pulled into doing investment banking and consulting and these kind of like problematically bougie seemingly elite jobs and 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 I can't be too critical of it because I understand the need for many folks to kind of make a bunch of money to take care of their families or what have you. Um, But I feel proud of him for rejecting that pressure that might have come from my parents or from, you know, going to Harvard and things like that and actually saying, no, I want to do this company that maybe not a lot of people have heard of, but I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be making impact and I'm going to be motivated and I'm going to be heard and my brain is going to be used. And that's really cool. So even though my brother and sister are younger than I am, I definitely have to say they—they they really inspire me a lot because they're both just so brave and passionate about what it is they're focused on.
0: Cool. Uh, I have a question about
1: why why um, EPs?
0: Mm, because own. I'm
1: still developing my sound. Yeah, because I I, have, I feel very self-aware that each album is an experiment. Like I feel very self-aware that I'm driving towards a sound and every and i but I, but i'm like a big proponent of like put stuff out, stuff out and keep moving like i have a lot of friends who are sitting on albums and albums of work you because see. they don't feel like it's representative of their sound and they're afraid to then be pigeonholed for what they do and i'm just i'm i feel like i like bringing things to completion and then evolving and with each project it it's like almost like a data feedback loop like that's my more mathy analytical side like i fundamentally don't believe you have this kind of healthy feedback loop of information unless you're brave enough to put stuff out and keep it moving. I also don't have the discipline to be like, I'm going to sit on bodies and bodies of work until like, I'm eventually happy. Like I just, I can't, I I can't operate that way. And I, this songs that I have out now, I love them, but they're definitely not They don't feel like the Madam Gandhi sound that I have in my sort of like heart and head space. Um, And the album that I'm working on right now, in fact, I'm at my studio as we speak, just like making different beats and loops and things like that. I feel a lot closer to the sound that I want to be making for this third album that I'm currently working on. And because of that, even if we label it as an EP, if it has 10, 11 songs, it's because I feel like we're arriving closer and closer to this kind of like uplifting, percussive, warm, loving, vulnerable body of work. And that's to me really the Madame Gandhi sound. That's the feminine, that's the power in being vulnerable and doing healing work and providing healing vibrations to other people. So that is why the past two have been EPs. And even this third project, if we call it an EP, it definitely feels internally much closer to an album because I think it's representative of my sound. Very cool.
0: Yeah. I was curious about that. I, I didn't know if it had something to do with this, the cultural ADD, if it had anything to do with externals of, or if it was totally personal. So it sounds like it was more of a personal choice. Based.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the signaling effect is very important. Like there's a very few ways that we as artists get to communicate our intention to our audience and just the words EP alone to me represent. Uh, it's just a, it's just a road stop on the way, you know, it's, it's not the, it's not the final, it's not the thing. You know, it feels like it's the thoughts on the way there.
0: Yeah. Are you still interested um, uh, in on the label side of things? Like, do you enjoy, was that something you enjoyed or are you glad to be past like, behind? I loved
1: being at the label, but I love being a creator so much more. I think the best thing is just that now that I'm dealing with a label who's going to put out my music and we're in talks right now and negotiating, that's feeling so good and so positive. Um... because I have experience knowing what marketing meetings look and feel like knowing what people, you know, expect from the artist, what they want from the artist, what feels frustrating for a label when you're working with an artist. So I try my best. I don't want to like be well behaved. I don't think it's about that. Cause I think you do have to kind of be strong in your vision, but I also do feel like I don't make a lot of the basic mistakes that may, that maybe artists and management might make because I've been on the other side. I mean, I'm also just like saying that myself. If you ask someone from the label who we're trying to talk to, who knows if they would agree with me, but I'd like to think that they would. (laughs) I I think one of the biggest testaments is that I don't have management. Let's say that. Like a lot of major labels would never decide ever to to sign an artist who is self-managed. It just, I never heard of it. I've never seen it. I don't know if it exists. Um, So in that way, I feel very proud and empowered to be signed and signing with a major with, with managing my own project and having a team to support me, but no official management in place. That feels, that feels cool. Yeah,
0: that is cool. Wow. Um, well the second question I was asked is what is your form of activism? What, what, how do you connect your music? Yeah.
1: One thing I think a lot about is like, how am I using my body in this moment? Am I showing up for protests? Am I writing music? Am I putting out the music video waiting for me? Am I, on Instagram live, hosting conversations that I think might be able to channel people's view of the world. Like, I think we have to be brave enough to allow ourselves to have a multifaceted view when it comes to activism. We can't be limiting ourselves. Um, I also think that, you know, in sort of the, the larger conversation, there has to be a form of joy when you are participating in activism, because otherwise you do lose steam with how heavy the weight of the world can feel. And so I do check in with myself, like what Kieran, what feels like, what what can you give right now? Like that's kind of how I, what, what are you able to genuinely give? Are you able to go and protest for the next couple of hours? Like, then that's where you should be. Are you able to go and put some of your ideas into into lyrics right now uh, in a sort of more introverted way? Then that's where you should be. Because I think that way we stay giving and then we stay with the muscle of giving and the muscle of like contributing in an activist lens. Um, if we, if we force ourselves to behave in a way that we think is expected of us, but not honest to how we feel, I think that's where the burnout or, or resentment uh, comes from. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you so much for uh, sharing about
0: everything today. Um, really uh, give me a lot to think about and just feel happy to know that there are artists like you out there daily asking yourself that question like likewise likewise. how how can i create joy in the in the within the lens of doing something you know moving culture forward transforming culture and that's uh just really awesome uh, thank for lack of a better word, thank you for, for being totally. doing that. And um, yeah, and thanks for your time and your beautiful music. I'm excited to hear your next uh, record and cool. congratulations on the signing. And um, Thank you.
1: Waiting for us. If we're strong, they can't ignore us. The earth is still waiting for us. If we're loud, they can't ignore us. The earth is still waiting for us. See it in the way I think and the food I eat. I'm a part of their lives now. Hi,
0: welcome back. And now for our launched artist, Ana Diaz. I love this song so much. Don't blink, you might miss it. It's only a minute and a half. Please welcome her to the show. Hi, honey. Hi Ana Diaz.
2: How are you? Good.
0: Welcome back. And thank you so much for putting your song out on Launch Left, the label. We're so excited to have you. We love your song.
2: Tell us about it. It's more about never being quiet. It doesn't matter how poor you are, make noise. It doesn't matter if you're a, a car, you know, someone who works in the fields or someone who works wherever. If you feel something is injustice and you want to f- have your presence felt, you have to make noise. And it's it's just this beautiful song about a, far, uh, a farmer he, hearing his own wheelbarrow and that he won't grease the wheels because he wants that sound. It's like it's his honor, it's his pride. That sound is his pride. He exists because of that sound. It, so, for us and what's happening, it couldn't, and in, in, in what this celebration is for, uh, it couldn't be more appropriate to continue to make noises as you and River would have, you know, so in the constant um, advocacy and work you guys do, you do and your family does. I mean, I think it's just a beautiful thing. It says a lot about River and who he was. And so I just want to celebrate him by being an advocate of the world.
0: Oh, you are, and you always have been, and been a, a huge inspiration as well. The video I love too. So... Um, obviously, that came out yesterday on Flood, and the single came out the day before, but today we're getting to play your video as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the video and and who
2: your well, collaborators were? Oh, my collaborator and my only god of all gods is Dominique DiJoseph from Black Shoe Films. And and the way, being that, you know, everybody has their space, and wants an artist, and the other one has, everybody has their craft, well... I couldn't be in better hands with Dominique. And what I loved is that he took this beautiful, for me, it looks like a t- tapestry from uh, Andes and, uh, from, or from the Gauchos, which is the original singer. It's from Argentina. So when I saw these colors, and you'll see it's a beautiful in- genius. Only his brain would work hours to do this beautiful, beautiful, fun thing with someone who's so shy about doing. He really made me feel a lot more comfortable. And I am just, you know, super excited to. And it's an honor to be part of this with Dominique. And I, Dominique de Joseph is a god, so I can say.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for sharing about your song. But I can't like wait. That. And
2: I, I'm just so excited <laughs> for everything you're doing and everyone that you put out. And I think that it's just got a lot to be said about having people like you that listens to the underdogs. And I, we all love you for listening to us, Rain, and keeping your ears out for all the underdogs in the world. We love you. Thank
0: you for making great music you guys are I to have done it without you <laughs> you're a top star to me big kiss I love you have a
3: great day porque no engraso los <laughs> ejes me llaman abandonado porque no ingraso los ejes me llaman abandonado si a mi me gusta que suenen Que los quiero engrasar Si a mí me gusta Que suenen Pa' que los quiero engrasar No necesito silencio Yo no tengo En quien pensar No necesito silencio Yo no tengo En quien pensar Tenía pero hace tiempo Ahora ya no Tengo nada Pero hace tiempo Ahora ya no tengo nada Es demasiado aburrido Seguir y seguir la huella Es demasiado aburrido Seguir y seguir la huella Andar por tantos caminos Sin nadie quien lo entretenga Andar por tantos caminos Sin nadie quien lo entretenga